Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, and welcome to another fun-filled podcast. Sugar-coated murder. Yay! That's us. That's us. That's, That's us. you and me. We do that. That's what we That's do. That's the one we do. It is the one we do. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, it's so it's so nice that we're doing the one we do. Yes. And not one that we don't do. Oh gosh. Because what, what good would that it be? It would be a lot of fun that wants to try I don't and know. do one that we don't do. Yeah, especially ones like that's serious. Oh yeah, we should do that. Like, oh, it was a oh, dark and stormy so night. Spooky. It was very spooky. This is serious. And this is my NPR voice. <laughs> <laughs> what else? And then the candle blew out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we would dear. never make it in a serious anything. No, we it just, can't it's even not. To be serious. We can't even get through a funeral. But God, no! Do not invite us to a funeral. No, do don't think that we're the it. ones that are to develop to develop to no. deliver a eulogy <laughs> or develop one because it's not going to go well. No, no. All right. Well, let's see what's going on. It's your turn to kill, to cook to kill to kill. You're the killer. <laughs> I'm killing a recipe today. Yeah, so I'm excited. It's almost Valentine's Day. We're creeping up. So I thought, what's a Valentine? I mean, there is one big holiday that comes before Valentine's Day. It's your Day. birthday. I but, got okay, it. Okay, we can skip ahead But this Valentine's. is so in case people are trying to think, what can I make for Valentine's Day that's a really fun treat? Yeah. So I came up with velvet. No. No, you didn't come up with velvet. <laughs> no, Somebody else developed somebody that. Somebody else did that. They beat me to it, but I would have totally done it if they hadn't beat me to it. I'm doing red velvet cupcakes today oh, with a cream cheese frosting. Pretty traditional, except... We don't like that red dye. The red no. dye is not good for you. No. It's not good for your kids neither. No, especially not boys. No, really it's not. So um, I found an alternative. Okay. And stay with me. Okay. It's got beets. All right. That's the red color. As long as it doesn't taste like dirt, I'm good. I don't think it's going to taste like dirt. And I have to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever... Elva, Elva, in my life, Lord, had a homemade red velvet cupcake. I believe all that I've ever had have been store bought. Seriously, seriously, I've made them before in the past, but you may not have been a part of it. I probably was not. Yeah, I probably was mm -hmm. not because I have made be, them. Yeah, this will be a new experience. Yes, this is a really cool recipe. So I'm gonna just go through it really fast. Okay, the beets. You get fresh beets. I got organic, whatever. You cut the stems off of them. You cut that little root thing off of them and you scrub them with a vegetable brush really good to get scrub, all the scrub, dirt. Scrub. scrub, scrub, scrub. Otherwise they will taste like dirt. It it calls for 10 ounces. I got out the scales so I could get close. Right. I did four medium size beets. Okay. So you scrub them and then you wrap them in parchment paper and you put them in the microwave for eight to 10 minutes. Okay. I did eight and a half minutes. Uh -huh. They were perfect for me. They shrink up a lot. Right. I might have needed maybe one extra one. I don't know if it's 10 ounces after they've cooked or before they cook. I think it's pre. So whatever. I did the 10 ounces. Actually, it was like 11 ounces because I couldn't find the exact amount. So you take your beets and you do them in the microwave and parchment paper, and then you let them cool until they're cool to the touch, which I am impatient and never do that. So I burn my fingertips. Then you take them and you peel off the peel. Mm -hmm. So you're not you don't want to eat peeling. Mm -mm. You put them so you put them in your blender and you take the juice of two fresh lemons and put it in there with it. Two fresh lemons? Yes. Lemon. Lemon? Not lemonade. No, just lemon. Lemon. Limon. Lemon. And then you pulverize it. So it's supposed to be done in a food processor. But we don't have well. 
We don't have a food processor. We ain't got nary. I have one somewhere. I can't figure it out. I could have sold it at a yard sale. Who knows? No, it's in your storage. Whatever another. In your storage. You done seen it. So we're using a blender today. I think it's just as well. Don't go out and buy a food processor. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I blended the beets and the lemon juice until it's smooth. You don't want any chunky beets. Smooth. And then you add to that. Like smooth jazz. Okay, okay, over there. You add to it some buttermilk, some eggs, some canola oil, some wet ingredients, and then you mix it really good until it's all mixed up. Okay. I took a picture of how pretty it is because a very pretty it is very raspberry pretty. color. It does look like a raspberry beret. Yes, and then in a different bowl, you mix your dry ingredients, which is your cocoa, your sugar, your salt, your flour, your baking soda, your baking powder. And my sous chef did that for me today while yes, I was peeling yes, the beans. Yes, I did a little prep work. Now, just know that you might have pink fingers when it's over, or you could wear gloves to peel the beets. Either way, I'm fine with pink fingers. Where am I going? Exactly. Now I'm going to take my wet ingredients from my blender, and I'm going to put them in with my dry ingredients and mix it up. You don't even have to have like a mixer for this. And oh. yeah, then I'm going to pour oh, your wet ingredients into your dry ingredients. I will get a bowl. And then I'm going to bake them at 350, excuse me. And after that, when they come out, I'm going to make the cream cheese frosting, which is a half a stick of unsalted butter, uh, eight ounces of softened cream cheese, 16 ounces of powdered sugar, and a teaspoon of killer vanilla. Mm, got if you to don't have, have the killer vanilla, you are going to have a failure in the kitchen. You cannot make this recipe. So get in touch with us as soon as possible and order you some. ASAP, we just A-S- got a new batch that came out. Yes, so a new batch that we that. harvested from the fields. <laughs> From out in the vanilla field. <laughs> yes, we've been all out all all day and all yes, night. Absolutely. For 40 days and 40 nights, we've yes. been out harvesting that vanilla. Yes. All right, well. In the meantime, what will you be doing? Well, I'm going to talk about a murder. That is, you know what? I was thinking maybe that would be a fun yeah, thing to do. Yeah, because you've talked about the sugar. Yeah. And I'm going to now coat it with mur- murder. Well, that's kind of weird. Because <laughs> we, you, okay. Wait, you do I'm your thing. talk about the murder. Oh, careful, careful. No, what no, you're doing is no, bad. No, 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 no. Okay, everybody, just keep going. I've had a small disaster. It's fine. I turned but it the wrong way. FYI, yeah, sometimes you just have to be careful about which way you turn the blender when you get it off the stand. Otherwise, it gets a little messy. It's going to be a mess to clean up, but we'll have fun doing it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> one of us will have a good time doing that. <laughs> My sous chef will have to come back in. Exactly. Okay, so right. what murder are you doing? Let's hear it. I'm covering the murder of Christina Ross from Nina, Wisconsin. Okay. All the way out there in Wisconsin. Wisconsin land? Wisconsin. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes people from Wisconsin remind me, they talk a little bit like people from Canada. So. Oh, Canada. Oh. I wonder if it's because Wisconsin is kind of close to Canada. Maybe. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. I will have to do some research or not. Ah, there we go. All right. Christina Ross was a clerk at a local grocery store in Nina, Wisconsin. Okay. On November 12, 2004, Christina visited her parents before they left to go on a weekend retreat to a house they had, a little cabin they had in a different part of the state. Okay. Everything was great. Christina's parents left to go on their vacation getaway. And uh, once they got to their cabin, they tried to, to text Christina. They didn't hear back from her. They left her messages on the voicemail. Didn't hear. They, Christina lived with her parents at the time. Okay. 
and they couldn't get in touch with her. A couple of days go by, you know, I guess they're probably gone for the weekend maybe. And they get home and look at the answer machine and nobody's picked up the messages. So now they're really freaking out. They're like, oh my God, like she's missing. Yeah. But her car wasn't in the driveway. Right. But it didn't also didn't look like she had been home in a while. At all. Like she had not been home. Right. So they call the police and they say, you know, our daughter, our daughter is missing. Our daughter? Our daughter. (laughs) Is that what they say in Wisconsin? Our daughter? Something about, (laughs) something about that. There's something about our daughter that's not right. (laughs) Maybe it's because we call her our daughter and she couldn't take it anymore. So this is on the 14th of November. So it's only a couple of days since they had seen her. And because of that, you know, the police don't go all out. They pretty much just do, They want to uh, give it 24 hours or whatever. They, yeah. And they do like a, kind of like a bolo, like a little yeah. be on the lookout mm-hmm. for situation. Yeah. So the police issue that bolo and they include a description of her car, which was like a silver, I want to say it was a Dodge Neon. Okay. A man that worked at a different grocery store. Now, Christina worked at a Piggly Wiggly. Oh, in Wisconsin. I didn't even know I they did, had pigs I in the Wisconsin. I didn't either. I didn't either. Oh, I thought pigs were a southern um, thing. And I'll be really honest with you. Then They talked about the name of the grocery store on a show that I watched. Okay. I actually didn't write it down in my story. I don't know why I just said it now, but whatever. Because sometimes they change the names. I don't know. I, I got to do a little research. I don't know. Uh, maybe really that wasn't the real name. They might have changed yeah, the name. I really only heard of the, pig, the Piggly Wigglies around the south. I, so. Yeah, we'll have to do some research on that. Absolutely. That's worth researching. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. Inquiring just... minds want to know where is that? What's the deal with the Piggly Wiggly? Exactly. What up with the pig? What's up? Oh yeah, there is. There's Piggly Wiggly. Yes. Shut your mouth right now. Yes. Oh my God, I had they no in, idea. They are in Wisconsin, so beg, begging your pardon. They really did talk about. She did work at Piggly Wiggly. Begging your pardon, pig. Begging your pardon, piggers. <laughs> So a man that worked at a different grocery store than the Piggly Wiggly, uh-huh. he was the butcher at that store, and he came in in the morning. Was he the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker? He only butchered. He only butched. No, he didn't do anything with the candles or the bakery. Okay, just only they just, just kept him in the in the butch. Oh man, he was, was a butch. Okay, he was a butcher. <laughs> yes, he had noticed that there was a car in their parking lot for a couple of days and thought it was weird. And then there was a staff meeting and the manager of their store said, hey, be on the lookout. There's This girl is missing. And the reason why he did it is because nobody ever went missing. And it it was such a small little community. Oh, wow. People were like, Let's, we're really going to put this one out and see if we can find this girl because it's really weird that Because we never miss our people. We, we miss we her. Never. And she's in our industry, you know? Oh, yeah, bro. Well, the guy said, hey, you know what? There's been a car out in our parking lot for the last two days that's a that's oh, a Dodge Neon. So maybe crazy. we need to report that. So the manager called the police and reported it. And the police came, I guess, you know, small town. The police called the parents and said, we think we've got the car. Oh. Before the parents get there, police were able to verify that it was, in fact, Christina's car. Okay. It was there in the parking lot. Her parents brought the keys with them because they had an extra set of keys at home. Convenient. They gave the keys to the police. The police go in to the car. They don't really see anything nefarious in the car. Then they go to the trunk. To the trunk. I thought you said to the drunk, but it's not at all what you said. There's no drunk. It's a trunk. A (laughs) trunk. They open the trunk and there's the body of Christina Ross. No, in the trunk of her car. It had been sitting out there. Wrapped in a sheet. Oh, dang it. Now we got a crime scene. Now we've got a murder. Yeah. 
they rope the area off and they they actually, this is really smart of them, they immediately get everybody out of that little vicinity, which they didn't let a lot of people in anyway. Okay. They rope it off and they have the car towed with Christina in the trunk still Yeah. to the processing center okay. where they, they go in and they look in, they do their investigation. Yeah, That's take- where they took Christina out of the trunk, which I thought was really smart. It's very smart because then they can really get pictures of the whatever evidence is in there. Exactly. Every, nothing's going to get contaminated. They'll call, they'll call the morgue and have the morgue come yeah. to the body and then they'll take the car. But and I then everything's really contaminated. They, they did that. Very smart. Way to go, Wisconsin. Way to go, Wisconsin. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they talk. I don't either. I'm sure so they're pissed So investigators remove Christina's body and they dust for fingerprints and they take swabs for possible DNA. Okay. And Christina's mother said that she had found a note from Christina that said she was going to go visit her friend TJ. 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 So TJ is Thomas Blake and oh. he and Christina had gone to school together. Oh, they're schoolmates. And they had dated briefly. Oh. And TJ lived with a couple of other people. Mm-hmm. There was a girl that he lived with that was his girlfriend mm-hmm. and another guy that was a friend from school. His name was Rusty. And Rusty and Christina kind of dated. So oh. she was over at the those apartments quite okay. often. It wasn't unusual. So it wasn't like out of the norm that, that she would have gone right to see TJ. Okay. Rusty and the girlfriend both have alibis for okay. the night or the time frame where they thought Christina would have gone over because they both worked, but they knew they were not involved. They got cleared. They got cleared. Then they said, well, we need to, you know, look into TJ. But in the meantime, they went over to the apartment and asked Rusty, hey, do you mind if we look around some? And Rusty said, sure, no problem. Okay. So police start searching around and talking to Rusty. And Rusty says, you know, TJ has mentioned in the past that he really wanted to kill somebody. Excuse me? Right. He just, you know, whatever, talked about wanting to kill people. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any friends that have ever said that. Have you? I mean, I don't know. No, I have never heard. None of my friends. None of my friends have ever said that. And I'm going to tell you, of all of our friends, if anybody ever said that, it would have been me. Yeah. Like, seriously. (laughs) I just feel like I want to break somebody's neck. Never. Never. No. Never even crossed my freaking mind. Yeah. There was this one person that did want to kill me, but it's okay. It's fine. I'm not going to say we worked it out. I'm going to say I left town, but it's fine. (laughs) <laughs> there was somebody that said he was going to kill me. But oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I had one person in my adult life that threatened to kill me. But, yes, you did. Um, you it, took care of that too. I, yeah, I certainly did. I mm-hmm. did take care of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I don't know. I maybe wouldn't live with somebody who said that they wanted to kill people. I, that's just me though. I, Rusty, you do you. Yeah, I mean, you know, he could have also been like, that dude is stupid. He's been crazy he just, since grade school. He's always <laughs> said crap like that. Nobody believes him because he's dumb or whatever. <laughs> so as they're poking around in this apartment, they find in an ammunition box mm. some journals that were TJ's. Oh, and in the journals, TJ has photographs of people tied to chairs. No. And he has written in the margin, they I must kill them. I'm, you know, I need to kill them, whatever. What the Talk- heck, you weirdo? Right. Then police are like, okay, we got a live one here, people. We got a live and one. And then they start yeah, going around. He's the- live, but she's not. <laughs> right. They start going around the apartment complex, interviewing neighbors. 
And there was a neighbor who said, oh, yeah, you know what? My child did see two people bring a big object that was wrapped in a sheet and duct tape out and put it in the trunk of a car. Come on, guys. Right. Say something. Say something. Right. I didn't call police because I had just had some surgery on my eyes and I wasn't for sure that that my kid really saw that. All right. Well, I give you that. I'm going to give you that one. They had enough information, though, from what they found at the scene, Mm -hmm. including an extension cord, some duct tape, and handcuffs. Car. No, not in his car. In his apartment. In his apartment. Wow. Sugar. It's because we're not drinking. Listen, it's hard. It's like my brain physically hurts trying to get this information out. I'm sorry. Physically hurts. I don't know what the problem. I think it's because I'm not drinking. I'm I'm telling you. What is happening? We're down. We're down some liquor. Mm. Because we got things to do after we record. Know, we got responsibilities. Day recording. My God. This day recording is difficult on us because we can't have no liquor drink. No, gotta have a liquor. All right. Mm. Oh God. Thomas is arrested and charged with first degree intentional homicide and concealing a corpse. TJ? TJ. So they arrested him because they found the journals and because the lady said, Hey, my kids said saw he somebody saw something. Right. But and I they found extension cord, duct tape, and handcuffs. But I had his. surgery, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's all about me. It's so they went ahead and arrested him. Right. Okay. Well, and they I questioned in him. Wisconsin, that's enough. They questioned him. Okay. And he confessed right away. No, he, he did didn't not. even argue. He was like, yep, I did it. Are you kidding me? Like he's proud of it? Pretty much. You're, this is going to blow your mind. I'm going to tell you this story and you're going to be like, what? Okay. Okay. That's usually what I say anyway. TJ said that Christina had come to the apartment to see him. He said while she was there, he propositioned her with some kinky sex. Ew. And she said, okay. We no, can she do didn't. some kinky sex. Nope. He said that he handcuffed Christina and made her lay on her stomach on the bed. He pulled her head back with by her forehead and wrapped an extension cord four times around her neck. And this is what we consider kinky sex? Right. He said that she put up a fight for about 10 minutes, and when she tried to scream, he put his hand over her mouth and pulled on that extension cord. You mf'er. And then he said when she stopped struggling, he continued to pull the extension cord for another half hour to make sure she was dead. That's what he said. That is what he said. He pulled on it for a half hour. Half an hour. Half an hour. Well, here's four times around her neck, and he is sitting on her on her butt, pulling an extension cord. And she did not agree to no kinky sex, and she sure as heck would not have laid down on her stomach and been handcuffed. She certainly did not have the personality when people described her. That that didn't seem to come into play at all. I feel like that's all him trying to. Well, here's what's really going to blow your mind. Two things before Christina had had. did you see that I put the kisses over Oh, in that I forgot thing? the kisses. Come back. <laughs> I did prep work. Thank you. She's going to stick a, a Hershey kiss right in the yes, middle of these right cupcakes. right down in the middle of these cupcakes before they go into the oven. Thank mm-hmm. God she's already done it. She already right. unwrapped them. So before, this is what TJ is saying. Before Christina came over, he had been playing video games with a friend of his who was 14 years old. A boy, 14 Excuse years old. me? Right. The boy was in the next room playing the video games while he murdered Christina. (gasps) After the murder, he asked the boy to come help him wrap the body, duct tape it, 
and help him put it in the trunk of her they car. They need to go find that 14-year-old boy and get him to a therapist immediately. He stole $200 from Christina's purse and gave the boy half. They got into Christina's car and went to the mall where they did a little shopping before they dropped the car off. With at her the in the store. trunk? Yes. Oh, and let me just add one more, one more little tidbit that's going to make your hair stand on end. Did I mention that TJ and his girlfriend had a baby together and that he was babysitting the day that he murdered Christina? Where's the baby? The whole time he's got that baby with him. Did he take the baby shopping with the... With the, yes, with the 14-year-old the boy and the dead body in the trunk. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He has messed up so many lives. Oh, yeah. So many lives, oh, not just yeah. hers. I mean, I don't give a crap about him, but oh, my gosh. Yes. So, uh, by the way, the 14-year-old boy was arrested for obstruction and party to concealing a corpse. I'm sure. He ended up getting two years in juvie. And he, I think he was released and then he had to go on monitored probation I'm for sure. so many years after that. Yeah. But he did, he did, he did wrong. He did wrong. He was 14. He, he did, he heard her by an adult. And he didn't, I know. And, and at the time Christina was murdered, Tom, uh, TJ was in his 20s, like 20s, 20s, 20s. He's in the 20s? <laughs> yes. And yeah, I can see where he coerced, but he should have said something after. I understand, but I'm just saying. I know. This is why you don't let your kids play with adults. Right. If it's not an adult that's in your immediate family, they don't need to be at their house unsupervised with some, just don't do it. And I can't remember, it seems like I might've read somewhere along the way that the boy had some relation to the group. He wasn't just like an outside friend. He was like the brother of somebody. Maybe the brother of Rusty or something. Maybe. Could be. Rusty's girlfriend. Could be. Or maybe the brother of the baby mama. Could be. I I don't remember. I didn't really dive too much into that. He wasn't. The brother of Christina. No, he was definitely not that. Thomas Blake ended up taking a plea deal. He pled no contest to the charges. But before sentencing, he said, I take it back. I changed my mind. I don't want to take a plea deal. My attorney didn't tell me all of the consequences of the plea deal. What? So I feel like that my attorney has given me misinformation and misguided me in some way. And the judge said, uh... No, you jackass. No. You can't take it back. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. So I'm going to sentence you to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later, alligator. My gosh. Well, then he he immediately files for a request for a new trial, saying that, again, his attorney did not represent him properly and that he shouldn't have taken a plea deal because he didn't intend to kill Christina. There's... The extension cord was to enhance their sexual experience. Hers? It's enhancing her? I'm going to tell you. It's not enhancing anything. No. Right. No, it's not. If anybody ever tells you, let I'm going to enhance our sexual pleasure no. by wrapping a cord around your neck. By the way, with you handcuffed face down on a bed and I'm sitting on your ass, how about say no? Yeah. But she didn't get a chance to say no because he didn't ask her that because she no. would never have agreed to that. No, she would not. Oh, what a scumbag. Yes. Scumbag. I'm sorry, but I'm thinking at this point, 
if somebody says, let's enhance our sexual experience, my answer is automatically <laughs> no. going to be no. Whatever you're thinking, no. If you need enhancement, I'm even not care. your girl. <laughs> no, I don't even care if that means raise a window while we're doing it. No. I don't care. I don't, I'm or not your girl. Cracked. I'm not the one for you. I'm if not. you can't carry it out without enhancement, no. we don't need enhancement. I'm good. No, do not. No. I'm good. You're going to have to find somebody else. You might have to look for somebody on an app. But it's not me. No, it's not. No. We're not enhancing anything. Yeah. So the judge denied that request for a new trial. He had to do his whole life in prison without the possibility of parole. And then he filed an appeal. Oh, I know. Did he sue the um, extension cord manufacturer too? No. <laughs> no. He continued to say his attorney had failed to tell him everything he needed to know about taking a plea deal. His request again was denied. And he failed to let a girl live. So right. we're even. And then in 2018, he filed a motion for post-conviction relief. What? His request was denied. And in 2019, he appealed his case again for pretty much anything he could find. He, yeah. was, pretty, he was throwing stuff at the wall, seeing if anything would stick. And that appeal was again denied. I'm, I'm thinking that they're pretty much seeing it like I think what denied. they're saying is if your lips are moving, you be lying. You be lying or, yeah. Let us enhance let your us jail enhance stay. Your, right. How can we enhance your, your prison, prison stay? Life? And we're going to let you walk around the cord around your neck. Yes. That's what he needs to do for the rest of his life. He has to wrap that cord around his neck three times and then just walk around with it. I would like to have that wrapped around his neck, but on a remote control situation so I can hit a button and it tightens. Yeah. Like a boa constrictor. Yeah. You know, for 30 minutes and then have somebody, you know, prisoner of your choice, maybe put their hand over his mouth while he's and pull your head back. That's not comfortable. No. Yeah, that's not that's not enhancement. That's not enhancement. That says that's torture. Right. That's not that is the opposite of enhancement. That is not enhancement. Not okay. Oh, the says, I don't like this sex talk. We don't talk like this in my house. Okay, I have the cupcakes. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ, I thought it was your dog. It was his lick mat. I thought I killed him. Oh, my God, I've had a heart attack, y'all. Okay, the cupcakes were in the oven. Okay. We have 12 minutes left. Um, I think what we'll do is I'll start. We'll take a pause. Okay. We'll play a promo. Oh, yeah. Because we have a lot of fellow podcasters that play our promo. We play their promo, and we're hoping that we can... Get them extra listeners and same, same. Yeah, and so it's what we when do. When we play the promo, don't fast forward, listen to it, and then go check out their podcast. That'd be nice. Yeah, because we're fine nice. with y'all listening to other people's podcasts. As long it. as you continue to listen to us, we don't care. We don't mind sharing. No, because there's enough for everybody. Plenty, plenty to go okay. around. And then I'll start my murder. And then when the cupcakes come out, they'll cool. And then I'll whip up that icing and... We'll eat them. Ice them. Yeah. All right. We're going on pause. Hold on. Gosh, my skin gets so dry in the winter. I feel like a sponge out of water. Girl, you need to check out Way. Way Melrose Place body cream quenches your thirsty skin and leaves it feeling satin smooth. It's fast absorbing, so it nourishes your skin when you need it most. That sounds amazing. What kind of ingredients are in Way? Way uses high quality nourishing ingredients like squalene, coconut oil, and kapua butter. Wow, I can't wait to check it out. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T H E 
O-U-A-I.com and use code B-L-E-A-V to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Code Believe. Do you love comics, movies, video games, and more? We do too. Come tune in to Josh and our cast of colorful co-hosts on Talking Smack. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, You can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Hey, we're back. We're and back. We're, back. we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Okay, so when the thing goes off, I'm just going to need you to check the doneness of them cupcakes before you take them out. Okay. Got you covered. Okay. I have a murder. Let's murder. Murder. Let's talk about murder. Let's talk about killers. Let's don't talk about sex. Oh, by the way, oh, right. Oh, be- I don't know if I want to hear. Oh, that. <laughs> no, no, it's you were in on this. Okay. It's okay. So before we came back, we asked the A word unit, the lady, yeah. the lady, the A lady, um, what the opposite of enhancement is, and she said worsen. Worsen. So he did not enhance her sexual. Anything he worsened, he definitely worsened. He worsened, so he's a worsener. Worse, yes, <laughs> he's worse than worse. He's he's a worse, worse of course. <laughs> okay, it's my turn. Okay, okay, so I'm gonna take you up to Chatham, Ontario, Canada. Oh, Canada! Canada. I think it's like near Nova Scotia. Scotia? I think it's like Nova Scotia area, but yeah, I don't know. Around and about there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take you back to October 18th, 1991. Okay. Authorities are called about an elderly couple who seem to have been attacked in their home. Oh, no. Upon arrival, they find 75-year-old Alfred Critchley. Alfred. Laying in his bathroom, it appeared he had been stabbed three times. Oy. He was hanging on for dear life. Oh, oh, he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Go, Alfred. Also, they found 73-year-old Virginia Critchley, mm-hmm. Alfred's wife. She had been brutally attacked and was in critical condition. She was laying on her kitchen floor. Oh, now that is rude. It is rude. Don't come attack me in my kitchen. Not in that yeah. is my temple. Yes, that that's my sacred space. That's my sacred space. Stop it. And I mean, I'm sorry, but the bathroom is no great place to die either. Exactly. God, on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, you can floor, clean it 24-7. No, it's you know? bad things happen in there. <laughs> <laughs> bad things. 
Bad things. Bad things happen. Bad things happen in there. I don't like it. Okay. Poor Virginia. She was in critical condition, but she was able to communicate while bleeding on the floor. She was able to tell the police two boys were their attackers. They said, who did this to you? And she raised up two fingers and said, two boys. Oh. Alfred later died in surgery. Oh. And Virginia was pronounced dead before she even made it to the hospital. Dead Yeah. Investigators had to figure out who, the who and why yeah. of this brutal attack on this sweet couple that had no known enemies. Of course not. In yeah. their 70s. I know. And they're say. just carrying on with their life. She's probably in there making some freaking cupcakes for Alfred. That so it's not, okay. it's not as mean spirited investigators as investigators start searching the surrounding area of the house. Cause you know, they got to look at the perimeter and see what's happening. I believe they call it the house. Oh, of the house. <laughs> you're in Canada. <laughs> I'm in, so I'm in to, Ontario. You need to get the pronunciations right. Oh, Canada. Around, see you around, in around your house. house. Okay. They make another gruesome discovery. What? They find a young man outside with a gunshot wound to his chest and severe head wounds. Oh. Crazy. The man is dead, and it was evident he was found in the location where the death occurred. He did. He's dead. This youngster turned out to be Jason Pangburn, grandson to Alfred and Virginia, 18 years old. Was he an innocent bystander or was he a killer? Well, why don't you let me just finish my damn oh, story? Well, let me hear the story. Lord have mercy. What's I mean, his first name? Jason. Jason. Okay, that's not nice. <laughs> Upon investigation of the Critchley home, they find out that Alfred's wallet and some guns are missing. It's not nice when they steal the wallet. It, you've murdered me. Yeah, like leave my shit alone. Just get out. Take my stuff now. Take my stuff. So was the motive robbery or what did the robbery occur because of the murder or did the murder occur because of the robbery? Like what came first? From what I can tell based on it was a personal attack because of the brutality of the wounds. So I believe it was personal. Continue. Okie dokie. My God. But why the Critchleys? They they weren't known to lead an extravagant lifestyle. They had a modest home in a modest neighborhood. And what was the connection to Jason's murder? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something right now. Well, do you have to point the finger too? Oh, yeah. That's very rude. It's Canadian. (laughs) To point? Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. (laughs) We're going to have to ask our friend Andy G. Yeah. (laughs) Is, it, is pointing a, an accepted practice in O Canada? Yeah. Andy, we're going to be calling you up, buddy. I'm going to tell you something right this minute. And that is when people retire, young people think, oh, they got all this money. Because they retired. Because they've retired and now they But they're on working. a shoestring budget. Right. Yeah. They don't saying. understand that Sometimes they can't even afford a, a fruit of the month club. No, they are living on cereal because and what, cat food. What the youngsters don't understand is that pot of money has to get them through to the end of their life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you're in well, your seventies and you 70s. die, and no, and if you die in your nineties, that's over twenty years. Yeah. And guess what, Sherlock? I ain't leaving you shit if you're gonna kill me. Just I'm saying. not leaving you anything either if you kill me. So we're even. <laughs> I don't know what's happening on the other side of the table, but it seems to be aggressive. Yeah. Again. What was the connection to Jason's murder and who was murdered first, Jason or Alfred in Virginia? 
That's all the questions that they've got going on. So Jason's autopsy showed that he had been shot in the heart. Shot through the heart? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. <laughs> shot through the heart. And what happens? I don't know. Shot through the heart and something. Shot through the heart. Isn't that a Bon Jovi song? Shot through the heart. And you're too lame. (laughs) (laughs) With the arrow. Is there an arrow in it? The heart. With the flaming arrow. You continue. Okay. You look that up. Okay. So anyway, nobody knows what's going on at all in this murder because we have like sidebarred every two (laughs) sentences. So, I mean, I'm sorry, y'all, but the Critchells have been murdered and their son, I mean, their grandson, Jason, was found murdered out on their property as well. And now there's a mystery about. And he's been shot through the heart. Yes, with a 22 caliber handgun. And he had been struck in the head with the butt of that gun. They could tell that in the autopsy. Trout. And you're to blame. And you're to blame. You give, you love, give a love a bad name. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. We figured it out. So the crime told investigators that he had been shot. The crime, the crime scene, sorry, I was I was writing in a hurry. The crime scene told investigators he had been shot and then he ran. Then he was caught and beaten in the head to his death. He was beaten to his death. As police start to canvas the neighbors, a witness is found that remembers seeing a pickup truck. <laughs> I don't know. They canvass the neighborhood and they talk to the freaking neighbors. What are you, the the word police today all of a sudden? A witness is found that remembers seeing a pickup truck parked outside the Critchley home at some point on the day of the murder. Police go and ask Jason's parents if any of his friends drive a pickup as described by the witness. His mom recalls that someone had come to pick up Jason and dropped him off a couple of times, like different days. But she does remember some kids or a kid in that truck, in a truck that, like what they're saying. They didn't know his name, but they remembered that their son had once said he didn't feel comfortable around that kid. And But they know each other through both of them being members of this thing called the Essex and Kent Scottish Regiment of Chatham. So I know that, I know, it's really fun. I looked up what that is because I didn't know what that was. And it's a Canadian Army Reserve and there was a branch located in Chatham. Jason had joined that reserve. So it was like an army reserve and they drilled together and all that kind of stuff. Investigators go talk to the army reserve sergeant and require, require, they don't. They don't require one gosh darn thing. Son of a biscuit. You know what? If I, if y'all don't send us money for bourbon, I don't think I can get through another murder. Investi- I need speech therapy. <laughs> Now. <laughs> so we can day day drink and then go do things. Investigators go talk to the Army Reserve Sergeant and inquire who drives a truck like the one described. The sergeant gives them the name of Jason Kofel, another Jason. When they go talk to Kofel, mm-hmm. two Jasons involved. But the Jason that died, his name is J-A-S-E-N. Oh, Jason. Jason, and then this is Jason, and his last name is Kofel. When they talk to Kofel, they take note that his truck is the exact match of the one described by the witness that they canvassed. Exact match. Exact. So when they search the Kofel property, they find hidden in a shed Alfred's wallet 
and his stolen guns, along with a cache of other stolen guns. Oh. Now we got a situation. The police start interviewing people that know both Kofel and Pangburn. They want to know how are these guys connected? What's up with these these weapons and who else might know both of these? Like, were they beefing about something? Like, what's going on? What the hell? Right. What the hell? Know what that was the technical question was, what, what the, the hell? Eh? <laughs> they find Dan Cowell, who's a minor at the time, and Cowell tells them, tells them, I mean, if we have to drive drunk, we have to drive drunk. But at this point, the podcast is really important to us. Like, son of a blisket. Not a blisket. Not a blisket at all. Help me. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord Jesus. Okay, guys. Does anybody have any idea what this murder is about? Do they know anything except it's in Canada? Eh? Do they know anything? They don't know. Everybody. Yes, Albert and Virginia are dead. And their grandson, Jason. He's the shot in the heart. He's to blame. He's not to blame. He gives mom a bad name. No, that guy does. You can't victim blame. We don't do that here. (laughs) We don't do that here. Okay, here's the deal. Dan Cowell, he's a minor. He tells them what happened and he struck a deal. Because you know why? First one to talk gets the deal. Yeah. So in exchange for a three-year sentence, but he was a minor, so whatever, I don't know what that means, he agreed to testify against Kofel, and here's what he told them. Kofel and other locals involved with this militia regiment thing that they got going on, they decided to form a a vig, this is going to be hard, guys, just stick with me, a vigilante group that would rid Chatham of crime. Ironically, they stole a bunch of firearms to build up their weapons cache. (laughs) So they should have just wiped themselves out. Because Jason Hangburn opted out of this vigilante group. Oh, uh, he said no. Kofel became distrustful of Pangburn and thought Pangburn was going to call or maybe had called Crime Stoppers to wrap them out on the stolen guns. Oh, no. So he devised a plan to get rid of Pangburn. On the day of the murder, Kofel and Cowell lure Pangburn out under the guise of target shooting together. Kofel loads a handgun with nine bullets. They go pick up Pangburn from his grandparents' house because he just happened to be over there visiting that day. They decided to go out in the woods next to Alfred and Virginia's house. Kofel, house, excuse me, house without a mouse. Kofel leaves his truck on the side of the road between the house and the wooded lot. That's why neighbors, witnesses saw that truck. So the deal was they each got three shots, okay? Because he only put nine in the handguns. They were gonna, that's really quick target shooting, just gonna tell you. Cowell went first, the minor, Dan, Dave, Dan, Dave, Dave, Dan, (laughs) Sugarfoot, Dan, 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 Cowell. He went first and he shot three times into a tree. First of all, I don't agree with shooting a tree. What would the tree do? The tree did nothing. That was a maple. What? That and that that right there is going to be a crime. It's going to be a crime right there. He shoots his first three shots into a tree, and then he hands the gun to Jason Pangburn. He shoots his three shots into the tree, and he hands the gun to Kofel. Kofel takes two shots at the tree and then stops. And Pangburn says, 
You got one more shot. So he raises the gun, aims it at Pangburn, and shoots him in the chest. No. Yes. Jason, Jason tries to run away, but Kofel catches him and beats him with the butt of the gun until he dies. Then Cowell said he never thought Kofel was really going to shoot Pangburn. He said he was shocked when it happened. Absolutely shocked. Once Pangburn was dead, Kofel tells Cowell, we got to go kill the grandparents because they saw us pick him up. And Dan was like, okay. So they leave Jason's body in the woods and they go back to the house and launch a surprise attack on the unsuspecting elderly couple who let them in when they knocked because they saw their grandson get in the car with him. Exactly. Cowell, Cowell, mother of God, (laughs) Cofell went after Alfred chased him into the bathroom and stabbed him three times. Again, rude. Don't make me die on the bathroom floor. Icky. Bad things happen there. Cowell surprised Virginia in the kitchen and stabbed her three times. And then Cofell came in and joined in on the attack, stabbing her 20 more times. A total of 23 stab wounds to Virginia. She was still able to communicate to police who had attacked her and her husband because she was absolutely determined to make sure somebody knew. Then Kofel went through the house and took Alfred's wallets and found some guns and took the, took those and took them to his house to stash them in his shed. So they arrest Kofel, obviously, because him's a jerk. November of 1992 was the trial and Cowell, the minor, testified against Kofel. Kofel was convicted of triple homicide in the first degree. He was given life with no parole for 25 years. Good. After many appeals for parole and having been denied and then granted some day passes and then some supervised overnights, he is now out on parole and walking free as of 2020. Lord have mercy. Yep. Cowell served his three years and got out and went on with his life. Kofel spent almost 25 years before getting partial parole granted. He is considered low risk for reoffending. Really? I don't I don't believe that for a minute. When I found this murder and I started doing it, it was because it's in oh Canada in Nova Scotia. Um I couldn't find as many of the documents that I normally would look at. Like I couldn't find any court documents. I couldn't find obituaries. Like right. that's the kind of stuff I usually draw from. And I had decided I'm not gonna do this story. But I kept looking for a different murder and I kept coming back to this and I couldn't figure out why. And then it dawned on me, all of the articles that I read were about Kofel. Everything out there is about Kofel. So he's like a hero. It's not that he's a hero. He's he's not really, I wouldn't say he's a celebrity, but he's a murder rapidy. Yes, he's a a murbity, murder, a murbity. I don't know what he is. Anyway, all the newspaper articles were about how the, the community was trying to keep him in jail. Right. But that he got like first they got day passes and then like and like the mom of Jason and the daughter of Alfred and Virginia. Right. She was so upset that he was getting out of jail. Oh, I'm sure. She didn't want him back in the community. Right. So first he got some day passes and then he got to go to an unsupervised or to a supervised like halfway house a couple nights a week. Oh, so it just, so every year they granted him a little bit more and a little bit more, no matter what they did. And it was very frustrating 
But I got so upset because this whole entire story became all about Jason Kofel. And it's not about Jason Kofel. It's about three completely innocent people who got their lives taken for no reason because this this asswipe decided he's going to rid Chatham of crime when it turns out he's the freaking criminal. He didn't even do it like the Robin Hood way. You know, take the money from the rich and give it to I thought you meant like Robin Hood where we lived, like the Robin Hood Road. (laughs) Like the Robin Hood Raiders. (laughs) Which, by the way, I was terrified of. Of course. Yes, terrified. (laughs) So anyway, that is my murder. How are my cupcakes? They're done. They're done. They're done. They're done. Okay, so. And they are, in fact, the color of beets. Are they? They are propel. So they're more like. Fuchsia. Fuchsia velvet. Beautiful fuchsia. Fuchsia velvet. I think that's going to be fun, though, for Valentine's Day treats. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I'm not complaining. I think we're going to go lovely. They're lovely. Lovely. So let's let's do let's do do the icing. (laughs) Let's pause and I'll I'll ice them suckers right up. And then we'll add them. And we'll add them. We'll come back and add them, and we'll talk about all other things. Does this count as a vegetable for the day? (laughs) Yes, this is our vegetable for the day. I mean, this is a great way to get your veggies in. This is a great way to get your kids to eat beets. Oh yeah, yeah, and your significant others. There you go. Yes, and it's all heart healthy because it's Valentine's cake. I I can't believe that. It makes my heart happy. Okay, see you in a minute. Okay, bye. No, no, don't go anywhere, guys. We're back. We're We're back. back. We've iced. This is really good cream cheese icing. It's your basic cream cheese recipe. It's butter, cream cheese, vanilla, and powdered sugar. We have decided these definitely look like fuchsia. <laughs> well, no, yeah, maroon or mm. burgundy. Mm. All right, I'm going to taste it now. I'm very excited. Not bad. It's actually not bad at all. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yay me. Way to go. Thank you, guys. This is a great recipe. And again, it's a great way to get your people to eat some beets. And I love the melted Hershey's Kiss in the middle. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yay. All right. That's it for this week. Well, email us on email. Yeah. <laughs> Murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. Yes. And follow us on Instagram and find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just come join all the parties with us, guys. Yeah. And don't forget. Uh, we love you. We do. And stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. Yes. And we'll call you not by your real name. No. And mm-hmm. we'll say you're worse. And that you worse. You're a worsener. Worsener. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.